Well, the college baseball season is underway, and nobody does a better job. We are subscribers of D1Baseball.com. Their managing editor is Kendall Rogers, joining us on Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of HeartlandCollegeSports.com. I'm Pete Mundo, and for the Big 12 in particular, of course, the number one team in the country is the Texas Longhorns. We'll start there. Kendall, great to have you on. How does it feel to have uh, baseball back after this past weekend? Man, it's awesome. You know, I think when you look at the opening weekend, you all, you obviously never know what to expect. But, you know, even though there were some surprises around the country, I, I felt like um, some of the elite teams kind of played at the level that we kind of expected. You know, Oklahoma State was a team, uh, for instance, that we kind of took a, you know, a little bit of a bullish approach to. You know, we had them in the, in the top seven preseason. They obviously had a really good weekend against Vanderbilt. Um, and then you look at Texas – you know, you never know what to expect from number one team. I mean, it's, it's a lot to handle, and you kind of wonder if, you know, a number one team kind of plays with, with some with some nerves and things like that. But, boy, I mean, what a weekend they had against Rice. I mean, they absolutely pummeled the Owls. And, and granted, it's not the same Rice program from a decade ago. But still, uh, when you put on that kind of display, Ivan Melendez kind of capping things off with uh, two home runs yesterday, uh, they looked the part as well. So, you know, there were some surprises around the country. You know, Bryant sweeping East Carolina on the road is certainly not something I don't think either of us probably had on our bingo card. But, uh, you know, that's opening weekend for you. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, I want to look at the rest of the league, but just big picture here, Kendall. I look at college baseball right now, and I see an opening for this sport that's always uh, obviously trailed college football and college basketball in popularity, and there are different reasons for that. With this Major League Baseball lockout, do you – feel like this sport can do something to uh, bring itself up uh, in popularity? I mean, I think it's got the potential to do it. I don't yeah. know what it would take. What do you think about that? No, I do. And I, and I think, honestly, kind of just looking at us and, and our business, uh, obviously our traffic was way up this week. And, and a lot of it's just we, we continue to grow like a pretty significant clip every year traffic-wise. But, like, I, I think there are, you know, a, a section of people out there who – you know, they look at the situation in pro ball and they're not real happy about it. You know, like, Hey, Hey, we're, you know, we're pretty committed to the sport as fans and, you know, time in and time again, um, we keep getting disappointed. So uh, I think there is a window of opportunity here. Uh, I think people in general have kind of noticed that the, the product just continues to get better and better. And I think that's only going to continue. Yeah, I agree. And I don't know if this is crazy to you, but I was thinking about it uh, over the weekend. I was saying, geez, if we don't have Major League Baseball come April, I mean, that Fox afternoon slot, that ESPN Sunday night slot, I'm not saying you got to put the same resources in if you're Fox or ESPN, but imagine having, yeah. you know, an SEC or Big 12 uh, conference game on, you know, primetime Fox on Saturday afternoon or Sunday night baseball on ESPN. Yeah, I think you will see something like that, honestly. Um, I mean, I think I want to say last night that, you know, that Clearwater tournament in NCAA softball, uh, I think it was like Florida State. I can't remember who Florida State was playing, but it was actually on ESPN. So, uh, you know, I, I think as we kind of move along here, if it looks like it's going to be a more, you know, more delayed uh, start for MLB, I think you will see the, the TV networks kind of segue into, hey, you know, let, let's experiment with putting college baseball on a Saturday afternoon on Fox National. Let's experiment putting it uh, potentially on ABC on a Saturday night. You know, they did that with uh, – I want to say they did that with uh, – with uh, women's softball last year, and they also did it with women's basketball at one point, putting on ABC National. So you kind of wonder if they'll start doing that with baseball too. Uh, but, you know, I, I'll say this. Um, you know, it, it benefits us in the college game 
to have a lockout, but I'm one of those people, like, I kind of believe that the sooner it's over, the better for everybody, because the thing about it is, is you want as many people interested in baseball in general, and you want as many kids interested in baseball in general as you possibly can, and the longer we're locked out, the longer it gets people like, you know what, I'm fed up with baseball, like, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna follow football, or, you know, you know what, maybe I, you know, maybe I like playing baseball, but man, I want to, I want to play something where, you know, there's a little bit more stability. So uh, ho- hopefully they get that kind of, you know, shortened up here. Mm-hmm, for sure. Kendall, let's uh, let's talk about the Oklahoma State Cowboys. And you look at this uh, this matchup between two teams inside the top 10 in Nashville. Pokes drop game one, respond yeah. uh, with a couple of big wins. So wh- what impressed you most about this Oklahoma State team and what their potential might be after what you saw over the weekend? Yeah, I just really liked how they responded. You know, they they you know they lost a close game. You know, Justin Campbell wasn't great, and then you know what happened? They respond. Victor Madero's puts to, puts together a really nice start. Had a really nice curveball going. It's typically a guy that will kind of attack you with a fastball change, or really kind of had that breaking ball working. Um, and then you look at a guy like Northern Kentucky transfer uh, Griffin Dorshing. You know, had some really big hits for the Pokes over the weekend. So, you know, I, I'm not one of those people who likes to draw just crazy conclusions from opening weekend, but Oklahoma State played like a team that we kind of expected to be in the national championship mix. And, and again, we'll see if things kind of pan out as the, as the season progresses, but they kind of checked all the boxes, right? Like they played clean baseball. They got big starts when they needed it. They got big hits when they needed it. No, by the way, they did it on the road against a team we feel is going to be elite uh, as the season progresses as well. Yeah. Now, uh, the other team or a couple other teams, of course, find themselves in the top 25 based on your uh, D1 baseball rankings. Texas Tech, a tough loss to Arizona to cap off the weekend down there in Arlington. But what do you look at this Texas Tech team and say to yourself with what Tim Tadlock's got this year? Is this still a team that you think is College World Series contender or do you have some concerns? Well, my... Uh, my thing, I'm a little skeptical on them right now, to be honest with you. Um, I'm kind of one of those guys. Like, like I'm, I'm Team Tadlock. I think they're one of those those clubs that are ultra consistent. I think Tim's an amazing coach. But I will say this: for the first time, and honestly, since he, he went there, uh, you know, I, I feel like I'm a little iffy on them. You know, I saw him over the weekend at Globe Life, and I just feel like when you look at Texas Tech right now, you, you look at All-American Jace Young, who's obviously one of the best players in the country. You could argue he is the best player in the country. He's obviously tremendous, right? But, like, mm-hmm. if you look at the guys around him, like, I, I just don't see – I don't see those guys around him that you're kind of like, oh, man, I'm, I'm so scared right now to face this guy. You know, Owen Washburn's a, a young kid that had a big hit, that had the walk-off hit uh, on Friday. But, you know, you're, you, know, you don't want to have to throw all your chips in on a freshman – uh, to kind of help Jace out every week. So I think the big thing for me is I, I came away feeling okay about their pitching. You know, Trenton Parrish, I thought, pitched really well in the bullpen for them over the weekend. So I like some pieces they have, you know, pitching-wise. But just offensively, they're not the same team they have been. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. Now, uh, before we leave Arlington and that, that uh, State Farm showdown that took place over the weekend, that's where the Big 12 tournament's going to be this year. Uh, I know you live down there in Texas. Do you – do you think that's a good venue, or uh, do you prefer Bricktown? I'm, I admit, I, I think Bricktown's kind of a better college baseball setting. It felt hollow. It felt empty playing in a major league park indoors. What do you think about that? Uh, it is a little hollow and a little empty, but when it's February, middle of February, I will take that over Bricktown. Yeah. <laughs> well, what about, what about come the Big 12 tournament when they're going to be there in May? 
Yeah, I mean, it all kind of depends on who's there, right? I mean, mm-hmm. so you obviously know Texas will be there. Uh, you know, when Texas played Mississippi State there last year, that, that place had like 25,000 people there. So, you know, the problem you run into is like Oklahoma, when they played games this past weekend, they were Kansas State when they played games there this past weekend, there were very few fans there. So, you know, I remember, I don't know if you were there, you know, back, what, a decade and a half ago, but I was there at the ballpark in Arlington when, when they were in that 58,000-seat ballpark with the Big 12 tournament. And, you know, even that place, that place was also cavernous. I remember Texas and A&M played, and they had like 28,000 people there, and it felt like, you know, it felt like there were 2,000 people there. So mm-hmm. it's going to be really interesting. Uh, with that said, you know, if you're the Big 12, you get to play Globe Life, and, oh, by the way, you won't have any rain delays. And, and come conference tournament time, that's important. That's true. Uh, the weather aspect is definitely the the best thing going for Globe Life. I'll, I'll say that much. Were, so were you were you physically there? You said you were there over the weekend. Yeah. Okay. I was. Uh, t- take me through. It just doesn't come off well on, on TV. I don't want to say it's Tropicana Field, but it feels so bland. Is that unfair? You know, I don't. I, I don't think it's as bad as Tropicana, but it's just like I, what I kind of compare it to. It was like an ultra fancy warehouse. Like it's just like you know, it's like massive. It's got tons of space, and it's got you know, it's like a warehouse with like chrome handles on the doors. You know what I mean? Like it's just it's ultra nice, but like you're right, there's really nothing about it that you're looking at and going, oh man, this is really unique. And so I guess that's the one thing I wish the Rangers would have done is made made it unique. You know, mm-hmm. you you have. Uh, you know, even at Minute Maid, you have the train tracks up on the, the left side. Uh, some of these other new ballparks that are being built, you have something unique. And that place just doesn't have unique. It's a, it's a special event center. It's not a baseball park. That's a good way to put it. Good way to put it. All right, uh, TCU, in the top 25, uh, do you think that Kirk Sarlus is the guy replacing Jim Schlossnagel who can really keep this thing where it's been, or do you expect a, a step or two back? Well, I mean, it's to be determined. Uh, you know, I was encouraged by the way they played over the weekend. Uh, it sounds like Elijah Nunez played outstanding defense. Uh, Brady and Taylor had a big weekend. Um, I feel pretty good about their pitching. I think TCU's loaded on the mound. And so, you know, I thought it was interesting. You know, was it like the second inning of the first game? You know, Kirk Starley's almost gets tossed after like a blown call. And so, like, it's just kind of funny to see that. But, you know, it, it, it has been interesting. Um, you know, Schlossnagel was there for, you know, two decades he did a wonderful job and you know Kirk kind of learned into him Kirk has kind of learned from Bill Mosiello as well who has probably as much experience as Schloss does uh in the game and you know I just I, I think he's one of the, I think it's one of the situations to where like you don't really know how it's going to turn out but I feel pretty confident that he'll be fine I mean he learned from some great people at Fullerton before he went to TCU and uh, I, I don't know if they'll continue where they left off after this year because they will lose a lot but uh, I think he's a really good coach now, you're saying they shouldn't be too concerned. A team that maybe, or a fan base that may be uh, overreacting in some capacity to opening weekend is the Baylor fan base getting swept by Maryland. Uh, what, what do you make? We know what this program has done and what they're capable of doing. It doesn't look like that's going to be the case uh, yeah. this year. But what do you think about what Steve Rodriguez is bringing into uh, Waco this season? Yeah, I was a little surprised at their weekend results. I mean, I think Maryland's a good team. We've got them on top 25, and, you know, Maryland was right on the cusp of being in our preseason top 25. So, I guess bad on us for not having them in there to begin with. But, you know, I think when you look at the weekend, they obviously just didn't play very well. I mean, they, they got dominated in two of the three games. 
but I think when you look at, you know, Baylor overall, I feel pretty good about, you know, Tyler Thomas, Jake Jackson. I think offensively, Jerry McKinsey is going to be kind of the straw that stirs a drink. And they just need a guy like Trey Richardson to really step up. You know, Trey's one of those guys that has always had, you know, re- you know, big upside, but has never really kind of put all the pieces together. For, for those guys to kind of reach the goals that we think they can reach, you know, a guy like Trey has really got to step up for them. Oklahoma uh, beating Michigan yesterday. I mean, Saturday didn't go as planned against Arizona, uh, but they end their weekend with that big victory over Michigan. Uh, where is this Oklahoma team? We get all the attention on the softball team. What What do you think this uh, this road is going to look like for the baseball program? You know, I, I like them. Uh, you know, I think, you know, offensively they have some work to do. I mean, I know they scored some runs in the final game yesterday, but – you know, overall, I think the the offense has a little bit of work to do outside of Peyton Graham and a few others. Uh, I'm not sure I'm liking the lineup top to bottom. But I'll say this, I was really encouraged by the pitching staff. You know, I think you look at Chaz Martinez threw really well for them yesterday. I think David Sandland uh, in the Saturday role, uh, you know, he was 93-96. This fastball threw really well. You know, uh, Griffin Miller, uh, you know, you look at the front end with Jake Bennett. I mean, Jake Bennett's kind of been one of those guys, a left-hander, that we've kind of been waiting for him to kind of flip that switch. And I'm not, you know, I'm not ready to just throw all my, all my chips in on him just yet, but he looked really good on Friday to kind of lead the Sooners as well. So I feel pretty good about the pitching staff. Offense is still kind of coming along, but uh, Oklahoma definitely looks better than they did last year. I saw them uh, early last year and it's night and day what they look like. And it's important to note too. I mean, this, this team, and, and you guys talked about this in your D1 baseball preview uh, this team, you know, maybe no team got hurt more by the whole COVID year in 2020, right? Because that team was poised to potentially compete for a national title. Yeah, there's no doubt. I mean, it, it's going to be really interesting just to see what happens with that league in general, uh, the Big 12. I just think when you look at the top, uh, you know, you look at you look at Texas, obviously a national championship contender. You look at Oklahoma State. Uh, you know, Texas Tech for me is kind of taking a dip down. But, you know, Oklahoma – you know, Oklahoma was my Omaha sleeper um, in our in our preseason prognostications. I just thought when you looked at the the pitching potential with the Sooners, um, I just I think they have the arms to really make a lot of noise. And so uh, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. All right. So of the teams we haven't talked about in the Big Twelve, they're not as you know when you think about baseball programs in this league, you think more obviously of the Texas and Oklahoma schools, but uh, KU, K State, West Virginia. Why should those fans or which one of those fan bases should be most optimistic about what this season might bring? Yeah, I think it's going to be really interesting to see West Virginia. I was just kind of writing something about them for my story today. And, you know, West Virginia, you know, they were one of those teams last year that we kind of were bullish on. We had them in the you know top 20 and, you know, they, they, you know, they floundered. They didn't play very well. They had some injuries. Ryan Berger got hurt early. And so they had some setbacks, but, you know, I tell you what, uh, they played really well over the weekend. You know, they, they pummeled the, the, the Mac favorite, you know, Central Michigan in two games. Um, they took care of business against Kent State. You know, Grant Hussey, a really talented freshman for them, uh, played very well. Uh, and, you know, so that was an impressive weekend. J.J. Westerhold had a really good weekend for them out there. So, you know, maybe West Virginia is on one of those tracks where, they, hey, they're just, a, they're just doing it a year late. But they were really impressive. You know, Kansas obviously did some nice things at times. And Kansas State – uh, that was a weird club for me, Pete. Uh, mm-hmm. I, th- I just think when you look at those guys, like I actually like their lineup. I think when you look at, you know, Nick Goodwin and, uh, you know, some of those older guys, Dylan Phillips, like I actually like the makeup of their lineup. And I actually thought, you know, Connor McCullough and Blake Adams threw really well for them. 
But then you look at the, you know, you look at the results and they go 0-3. And, and so, uh, I mean, obviously that's disappointing, but I actually saw some things with KU or KSU that I actually like a little bit. So I'm kind of withholding judgment on those guys for a little bit. I, I kind of want to see what they do the next couple of weeks. There's no doubt they need to step up after going 0-3. Yeah, absolutely. Well, last thing here, Kendall, uh, you know, we know everyone thinks incredibly highly of the Texas Longhorns, a favorite to win a national title this year. But who else, when we're looking back and, and looking ahead, I guess we should say, to Omaha and what's to come in the College World Series, from the Big 12 perspective, do you think the league can get two teams? Is there a possibility? Of, I mean, there's always a possibility, but what would make a successful year for the Big 12 when all is said and done? Yeah, I mean, I think if you can get Oklahoma State and Texas at Omaha, I think that's kind of what we expected. So I okay. think anytime you can get what's expected, uh, that means you had a successful year. So that's what I would qualify that. I mean, obviously, you know, we had the Big 12 getting six bids at the postseason. You know, Baylor, uh, as weird as it sounds, like Baylor this weekend is very important. You know, they play Duke at home, and that's going to be a big series. If they lose that series, I mean, you lose your two home non-conference series, uh, you're behind the eight ball. Like, you've got to make that up somewhere. So if you finish fifth in the Big 12 and you lost those two home series in non-conference, uh, you're probably not getting in. So – as weird as it sounds, that that series coming up this weekend is really big for Baylor and kind of being that final Big Ten, Big Twelve team that could get in. He is a Kendall Rogers, managing editor of D1Baseball.com. We've got our subscriptions. Those guys do awesome work covering college baseball and the Big Twelve. Kendall, thanks for being here, man. Appreciate uh, the time and enjoy the season. We'll talk to you soon. You got it, buddy. Thank you. Really looking forward to covering much more uh, Big 12 baseball this year. I'm Pete Mundo. Hey, hit that subscribe button, and if you love the conversation, do me a solid. Uh, I'll get you a free Heartland College Sports koozie in the mail if you leave me a rating and review on iTunes, and then send me a screenshot of your rating and review to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. And that's where you get the free koozie when you hit that uh, subscribe button, leave me the rating and the review, and then send me a screenshot to that email address, Pete Mundo at heartlandcollegesports.com. Appreciate all you guys. March Madness also right around the corner, so stay tuned. we got a lot more content coming your way on heartlandcollegesports.com.